Hey guys, I wanted to start off this episode a little differently because yesterday, October 20th, 2020, the Nigerian government took it upon themselves to open fire on peaceful, unarmed protesters, mostly youth who are protesting the end of police brutality in the country. This is disgusting. This is deplorable. This is an embarrassment to a nation who likes to pride itself on things like greatness and peace. There were many killed and many injured, and I have attached links in the bio of information, of ways to donate, of ways to help, just so you guys can know what's going on. As a Nigerian, this really hits home for me, and I feel that this time of the global pandemic has really allowed people to sit down, assess what's going on in society, determine what they don't like, and really mobilize themselves towards change. And these are necessary revolutions. They're happening all over the continent of Africa and all over the world. And it's important that in our right to free speech and in wanting better for ourselves, governments and bodies and entities in power do not take advantage of that and injure hurt and try to suppress people who have a right to want better after years of oppression and corruption and racism has been holding them down so if you guys would like to help or just learn more I'm putting a bunch of links in the show notes so that you guys can read and do whatever you feel compelled to do and with that we'll get back into the episode topics surrounding business, relationships, and personal development. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far and that you had a chance to meditate on the words to live by for last week, which were I decide how and what I give. And what really resonated with me this week with regards to the words to live by was that it's amazing to have compassionate people around you because yes, we decide how and what we give, but, and for those of us who happen like myself to be overgivers in a sense, it's amazing and truly a blessing to have people around us who understand this about us, love it, appreciate it because of course overgivers, the people who are receiving from them are at the benefit of receiving all of the abundance, right? But it's beautiful to have people who will tell you that's enough, you know? And this week especially with a lot of a lot of things going on, it's been quite a busy week. Um I've been really compelled to do much and it's out of love, out of care and things like that, right? And when I get into these mental spaces of I need to step up, I need to act right, I need to help someone, I often do it at the detriment of myself. I will bite off way more than I can chew and I would rather choke on it than spit it out. (laughs) And choking on it for me looks like exhaustion, Um, putting everything of mine to the side and in that this week, there my aunt in particular, I wanted to do a bunch of things for her. And she told me, that's enough. 
that's more than enough. I know you want to do it and I appreciate and love you so much for wanting to do these things for me, but it's going to get overwhelming. And in the moment, in my excitement, in my passion, in my love, I could not foresee myself getting tired, which is a cycle that I'm always on. And when I did what she told me to do and stopped, where I stopped was actually at the near point of exhaustion. So I could only imagine if I had really pushed myself to do more than that, right? So it's actually a blessing to really have people in our lives who are compassionate, who see what we're doing, who love receiving, but are also able to see that we overdo and see that what we want to give may be a lot and are willing to be selfless and tell us to stop, you know, because I have also experienced the other hand of that, where you really do have the, you have the ability to decide what, how, and what you give, and you end up giving too much. And somebody who doesn't want to reciprocate, but loves to receive will suck you dry. (laughs) And that also really sucks, right? So I really hope that you guys were able to regain your power and then also see the people in your lives who, who love you for it. And who also wants you to be okay. And that's that was an eye-opener for me this week. So with that being said, I'm going to hop right into our talk for this week. And this week we will be talking about shame, fear, and guilt. Ooh, very spooky. <laughs> so shame, fear, and guilt are very very normal and common emotions. And I'm sure that some of you would say like with my ominous, spooky sound effects that they're very negative. And for me, I'd say that that's not always the case. Of course, fear, shame, and guilt are sometimes very negative emotions. We feel burdened by them. We feel like We don't feel ourselves when we're overcome with these emotions, right? But I also want to say that shame, fear, and guilt are not, are more so like all other emotions meant to be reflective. You know, they are yellow lights to get you to pay attention. And fear, shame, and guilt, just like all other emotions, are very natural and very necessary. I look at them as information and I have a five minute mind shift on fear. And I say that it's a yellow light, like emotions are not, should not be the driver. They are more so information to get you to really just stop and pay attention to whatever it is that's going on. Right. And especially with negative emotions, which I'll just coin these as negative emotions, although they're not all negative, they're necessary. The issue really comes when they go from being an emotion to a spirit. And I'm going to give a quick little definition of what a spirit is. But as I said, emotions are information. They give us, they tell us something and then it's in our power to determine what we do with the information that it's trying to give us, right? It, we're meant to process that information. So if you're feeling scared, it's a matter of what, what am I feeling scared about? Like this feeling just overcame me, but for what reason? 
like is it necessary is it logical should i proceed or should i stop and that's why i call it a yellow light right um when a light is yellow it's a suggestion and (laughs) don't break the law friends but it's a suggestion depending on how far along you are you can decide to go through that yellow light to the other side so you can interpret it as a green or you can decide to stop and interpret it as a red but it gives you the caution to just to realize that something might be going on and you can decide which direction you go. Whereas when these emotions or feelings become a spirit, a spirit is a stronghold, right? A spirit is something that really overtakes you as a person and really becomes like the bedrock on which you stand. And the definition that I found and that I'll be using for the rest of the talk is that, um, A spirit is a non-physical part of a person, which is the seat of emotions and characters, also considered the soul. So when it's like just the fact that it's called the seat of emotion and characters just lets you know how strong a spirit is, right? And how it's essentially the bedrock on which things stand. And having shame, fear, and guilt as the seat of your emotions and characters means that they are driving your life decisions. And for me, when they say it's the seat, there are many seats. And in my five minute mind shift on fear, I said that um, fear is in the car, but you don't give it, you don't give it the wheel, right? So when these things are the seat, my interpretation of that is that they are in the driver's seat. Because when you sit in a car, for example, there are many seats. There's the passenger seats, there's the back seats, and there's the driver. Um, There's the driving seat. And the driver's seat is where all the action takes place, right? Like backseat drivers tell you what they want, but at the end of the day, their foot is not on the pedal. And that's where our emotions, and especially these type of negative emotions should be they should be backseat drivers they are in the car to tell you oh hey there's something up ahead pay attention look over there right but ultimately it's your decision to drive it right but when you create when you turn these emotions into spirits you are giving them the wheel and this is no good for us as people because as the definition says it's the seat of your emotions and characters um and character and when these things are driving your emotion and character. It really takes your life in a dis- in directions that you don't want them to be in. So for, for the sake of example, I'm going to go through the three and give you guys what they are in some sense as an emotion and the difference of what they are as a spirit. So I'm going to start off with shame. Shame as an emotion is disappointment, right? You've done something that you're not proud of and now you feel shame over what you've done. You want to do better and the fact that you didn't do better has you feeling some type of way. This is amazing, right? Because when we have a moral compass, when we're rooted in something, whether it be religious or, or societal, when we do something that is outside of the norm that we have internalized for ourselves, shame is an indicator of that, right? And feeling that shame is that yellow light of, hey, this this is not really what you, you're known to stand on. So it's reminding you that, that 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 emotion um that decision you made is not the best one and that's where we get that feeling of disappointment whereas shame as a spirit is hiding it's where you 
you take that disappointment and you internalize it to the point where you do not want to be seen in places again. Like shame will have you not seeing your family, not seeing your friends, not leaving your house. It'll have you feeling so overcome by that emotion that you've internalized it to the point where you don't even want to be seen by certain people. There's a fear of facing those people or that situation and you take your life and you go into hiding. And hiding, of course, you guys know that's not good because there are many things we need to do. We need to be out there. We need to we need to interact with people. We need to be seen. We need to mingle. And when that spirit of shame becomes a stronghold in your life, you're unable to do all of those things, which essentially means you're, you're not able to function as at your normal level or at the appropriate level for a human being. You know, the next one is fear. Fear as emotion, as an emotion is adrenaline. It's hypersensitivity. You know, when you get scared, when you start to feel scared, your heart starts to beat, you start to sweat, your pulse changes, your hands get clammy. Those emotions are good, right? Like if I'm, if it's nighttime and I'm, I'm walking somewhere and I don't know exactly where I am and the Google GPS walking, like the Google walking GPS tells me to turn left and I look left and it's a dark alleyway that fear instinct, that fear emotion is necessary. Especially if I see someone in the corner, I see some glowing eyes at the end of the alley. That fear is a yellow light to say, Hey, (laughs) Hey friend, (laughs) relax, take it easy. You're kind of like, what are you doing right now? Maybe you should reconsider this direction you're going in. And that yellow light is necessary. I'll look over and I'll be like, "Mm, yeah, those glowing eyes at the end of that alley. Yes, it says I'll cut three minutes off of my journey, but it could cut the rest of the minutes off of my life. So it might not be where I want to go. So it's absolutely necessary and it's imperative to our human evolution, right? Fear is what keeps us alive. (laughs) And when fear is doing the most, when it's an emotion, we can say, hey, you're in the backseat. If that yellow light is for something that's irrational, I can say, well, shout out to the fact that you're not driving. I can continue continue to go forward, right? But on the other end, fear as a spirit is paralysis. You know, it, it stops you from doing anything. The thought of doing something when you're overcome with the spirit of fear will literally stop you from ever even trying. And that's the thing, like our emotions are yellow lights, but the spirit of negative emotions is a red light. It won't even, when you have a yellow light, you have the opportunity to process what you're going through and decide whether to go forward or not. But when you're overcome with the spirit, there's no more logic. There's no more logic. You're paralyzed, right? Like my mom is someone who has never driven in her life. And well, she's driven like once or twice, but she has no license and she's terrified of driving and I was recently having this conversation with her that it's one thing to be fearful and decide that I'm scared but it's another thing to be paralyzed to the point of hindering your independence because you've decided that you're going to be overcome by this emotion and it's not like she's ever been in an accident before or something that we would say would justify this level of fear but she has just allowed that fear to become a monster to the point where she she like even if we're if we're driving her and we're about to make a left turn on like a major intersection she'll be talking and the moment she we get to that left turn she'll stop speaking 
And I'll be like, mom, you can continue to talk. Like, trust me, I'm fine. Like your discussion is not going to stop my legs from pressing the gas or pressing the brake as I deem appropriate. Right. But that's what the spirit of fear does. It paralyzes us. We have a negative experience and the fear of ever experiencing that pain again stops us from literally trying, from making an effort, from putting ourselves out there, from experiencing greatness. And the thing is that with risks there with Yes, with greatness also comes on the other side where where there's risk also comes the opportunity of greatness, comes the opportunity of love, comes the opportunity of riches, comes the opportunity of prosperity, comes the opportunity of great opportunities, right? And when we are paralyzed by the spirit of fear, we don't even see the opportunity for the green light. We're sitting in red light territory when our emotions need to be in yellow light territory. And then we now take our common sense, our past experiences, our strength, our decision making, our our discernment and decide whether or not those things are yellow, I mean, are green or red. But the spirit of these negative things constantly just sticks us in the red without any of that processing, which is necessary to really determine what you're doing. And the final one is guilt and guilt as an emotion is reflect reflection and atonement, Right. And it's also disappointment in the way of shame, right? Like when we feel guilty, it's because we've done something that we believe to be incorrect. And whatever decision it is that we made is now weighing on us for whatever reason, right? And in that decision weighing on us, the emotions behind it is usually one of reflection. Like when you feel guilty, you're usually thinking back on something that you've done that you're not proud of and usually guilt is because of something that has affected your is interpersonal. Whereas shame is more intrapersonal, right? Shame is I've done something that I don't believe in. And now I'm ashamed of it, but guilt is more so I've done something to somebody or to an entity that is really, that's not sitting well with me. So it's more interpersonal, right? And in that reflection of whatever it is you feel guilty about, you have options, right? You have options of self-forgiveness. You have options of atonement. You have options to just, if it's something that you can no longer change, you can now take that reflection and decide that, yes, I've done this thing. I'm going to forgive myself of it. It wasn't a shining moment. It's not something I believe in. It's not something I should have done. And because I've done it once, this was a lapse and it'll never happen again. And that's how we relieve ourselves of guilt, right? But the spirit of guilt is an undeserving spirit. It's, it's one where you, you don't move on, right? Like it's, Guilt is a yellow light and you decide that for the rest of the green lights that you're going to have in life, this is the path you're going to take. Whereas guilt going in the red light direction is you deciding that you're undeserving. So you're stuck in that guilt so much so that you can't recover. You can't move forward. You can't go back. And anytime anything good happens in your life, you remember that thing that you did and that guilt spirit overcomes you to the point where you don't feel you deserve anything better which is just ridiculous, right? There's forgiveness. Jesus Christ died on the cross. So you don't have to carry these burdens and carrying the burden of guilt is probably one of the heaviest ones. Like, like certain things, like with fear, if you're paralyzed into not doing certain things, if it's something like driving, for example, let's just staying on the course of the example I already gave, there's buses, there's Ubers, there's other people to take you around. But when you 
are in the spirit of guilt and you feel like you don't deserve, your life gets stuck. Any good thing that happens for you, you're never going to really be able to bask in and enjoy it. And the problem with that really, really goes back to the fact that things are bigger than you, right? Like some of the blessings you receive are so that you can be a blessing onto others. But if you feel undeserving of those blessings, you're not even going to bask in and really capitalize on what those blessings are meant to do in your life so that you can do things in other people's lives. You know, like uh, most of what we get in our lives in one way or another, they affect other people. Actually, everything we get in our lives or everything we do in our lives, right? It's even if you, you'd say, well, how does my job as a single person, for example, affect other people? If you're not happy in your job and you feel like you're undeserving of better, that unhappiness that you have at work is going to trickle down into your family. It's going to trickle down into how you, how you treat your friends. It's gonna, that frustration is going to grow roots and it's going to become a disease that spreads into other parts of your life. So that's why for me, I, I'd say that like a guilt, a guilty spirit, a guilty conscience is what really, really affects people the most and why it's so important to not let these things happen. You know, there are mistakes that we make and I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it or, or say that no mistake is big. There are some huge decisions that we make friends. There are huge decisions that I have made that will really have us feeling guilty. And it becomes our responsibility to not let that grow into a monster because we are the sum of the life that we live, you know, and the greatness of life and the, and the beauty of opportunity is that every single morning you wake up, you have the, another chance to do different. And when you stick yourself in the past and you become a zombie or a ghost of a past decision and you let that spirit haunt your life to the point where you can't even move forward, you can't try for new opportunities again. You can't try for love again. You can't try to become better again. You can't take any more risk because you feel that this one thing you did is weighing you down so badly, friends, that really puts us in a situation where, where you're blocking your blessings, you're blocking the blessings of others and you're, you're doing a disservice to your life and you're doing a disservice to, to God who has given you forgiveness already. You know, and a lot of times with guilt, it, especially when it's situations that we can't necessarily atone for, or we can't change because it's something that was finite we get stuck because it's like, I can never go back and change it. But what you can control is your presence. And now, should you ever be in that situation again, don't do it again, you know, and may you never be in that situation again, if it's something very tough, but having the understanding that where I was when I made those decisions is not where I am now. And if I was where I am now, then I would have made a different decision. But since I wasn't, I'm going to grant myself the grace to now to understand and leave that where it was, but now take my knowledge and move forward is something that's very, very necessary for us to do. So those are the three emotions and how they can be spirits just to give you guys an understanding, right? Because me saying emotions and spirits, that sounds, that can be very arbitrary and very difficult to grasp. But in me putting it in concrete form, you guys can see how this might be operating in your life in ways that you didn't even realize, right? And that's just the explanation, but I'm not just going to come here and just give you guys an explanation. The great, the greatest thing about these emotions is that you have the ability to take all of these strongholds and overcome them. 
you do have the ability and that's what makes it great, right? Like, because the first thing we need to do is be aware of what we're operating in. And then we can now with that knowledge, take the practical steps required to do whatever it is to get to the other side, right? So I have three steps for you guys that can be applied to every single one of these or any other negative emotion that you feel has become a daunting red light spirit over your life. And the first one is to find the root of the emotion. You need to understand where it is coming from, you know, and that is really taking it back to the yellow light stage. Um, when when there is a spirit of shame, when there's a spirit of fear, when there's a spirit of guilt, it is rooted in something, right? And un- if you really want to kill something, you have to kill it from the root, right? Like if you take a plant and you cut like a tree, for example, and you cut the trunk, like cut it at the trunk and you're like, oh, and it, and it tumbles down and it falls and it hits the ground all dramatic. And you're like, yes, I've conquered this thing. If the roots are still intact, friend, come back in a few years, it's going to start to sprout and it's going to start to grow all over again. And that is not what we want for ourselves, right? So you need to, first of all, figure out where this feeling is coming from. Where is, what is the baseline root? And then when you get to the baseline root of it, you need to ask yourself, is it logical? Like, what what exactly am I feeling like it's taking it from that spirit and going back to the emotional place of it and understanding what the emotion that you're like what the emotion is rooted in then you start to ask yourself questions like is it logical first of all right like if it's a fear is this fear logical it like let's stay on the driving if it's a fear of crashing what are the statistics on accidents and not and let's even go a little more micro than the statistics on accidents how many people that you know that drive every day are in accidents how many of them have been in accidents and how often like let's ask ourselves these questions right to really get to the root of of is it logical and then think about the emotion and ask yourself what are you missing or what are you avoiding that's causing this emotion to become a spirit right like if it's if if it's the spirit of fear for example what are you avoiding? Like, no, let's, let's say, for example, the spirit of guilt, right? If guilt becomes a spirit over your life, you need to ask yourself, what, what are you avoiding that has made this become this monster, right? So with guilt, it would be reflection and atonement. So you look at this spirit of guilt over your life and then you ask yourself, what did I not do? Like, why is this bothering me? Like, what can I do? If it's, I need to go up, I need to go to that person who I hurt and I need to apologize to them you know or it's I I made a decision and it was very rash in that moment and I just avoided thinking about it and now I need to literally go back and take moments to really think about it and mourn whatever it is I did I need to mourn that loss I need to I need to really allow myself to feel those emotions because having them pent up in a box I thought I could function but that box is getting too tight and it's it's seeping into other parts of my life right so you need to take a moment to really figure out what the like what is the root of that emotion and then figure out what you can do with that root to like see what you're missing or what you've been avoiding that's causing that emotion to get so big and become a spirit and the second part is what method can you use to overcome it and I spoke a little bit about this um in part one but it's you ask yourself, what can I do to overcome it? Like now you've figured out what's missing or 
what you've been avoiding, right? In finding the root of the emotion, but now you figure out what you need to do. Is it forgiveness? Do you need to forgive somebody? Is it communication? Do you need to speak to somebody? Do you need to speak to yourself? Do you need to speak to a therapist? Do you need to speak to God? Do you need to just write it down? Do you need to expel it from your life? Is it boldness? Is it that you've been playing too small and you've been allowing things that shouldn't have power over you to have power over you and now you need to enter into it boldly to overcome it? So you need to really just, once you figure out where it's coming from, you the second thing you need to do is just figure out what method you can use to overcome it. And there are so many methods available and depending on what it is and which, what you can what you feel is really pushing you in that direction, then you'll determine what method you can use to overcome it. And the third and final tip is to work on putting another spirit in the driver's seat. As I said, a spirit is a stronghold. As the definition says, it's it sits in the seat of your emotions and characters. So it's one thing to pull something out of the driver's seat, but whether you whether you want to admit it or not, something is always constantly driving us, right? There is always one prevalent emotion or spirit that is driving us or a combination of some prevalent spirits that are driving us in whatever direction it is. So it then becomes our responsibility to determine and consciously put something positive and good in the driver's seat instead of allowing whatever other ghostly negative spirit it is to see that the the seat is vacant and then hop in and then start taking you on, on a cruise, (laughs) on a cruise down disaster lane. Right. And in the Bible, there are nine fruits of the spirit. And one of the thing that, things that I really love is the fact that they're called fruits of the spirit, right? Because fruits give life, right? They are nutrients. And where do fruits come from? They come from plants. And where do plants and how do you get good fruit based on whatever is at the root of that plant, right? So you can't get good fruit without good roots, right? Because if the roots aren't tapping into water, the plant won't be able to grow enough to produce good fruit, right? So since these are the fruits of the spirit, they are the good fruits, right? And these are the good spirits that you can place that are positive for you to put in the driver's seat. And if any of these are all a combination of all of these is driving you, you'll be in a such a better place. So the fruits of the spirit are found in Galatians 522 to 23 and they are love joy peace long-suffering which is patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control i will repeat those one more time and put them in the show notes as well they are love joy peace long-suffering or patience kindness goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you go back to the definition of a spirit is a non-physical part of a person, which is the seat of emotions and characters, if you place any of these in the driver's seat, you can see how much the direction you go in would change, right? Like love driving your life will just have you if that is the seat of your emotions and your characters, can you imagine if every situation you're in and good or bad, the the angle at which you come from it is love. You know how how tender and kind that is. And like that, go, the kindness is one of them as well, right? Joy, constant happiness, looking for the best in situations, peace, like that level of calm that, and if you look at 
the three negative ones, they are really rooted in anxiety. Like when you're constantly hiding, if it's the spirit spirit of shame, if you're constantly in hiding, you cannot have peace, right? Because the moment you go out and you're, you're nervous that someone's going to see you or you're nervous you're going to bump into someone, there can't be peace there. There can't be love. There can't be joy because you're constantly in hiding, right? If you're scared, there's no peace because you're constantly anxious. You're constantly, your adrenaline's on 10 all the time. And like feeling undeserving, you can't be at peace, right? Because if you feel you're undeserving, you're almost constantly always waiting for the ball to drop. You get something good and you feel you're undeserving. You're waiting for it to be yanked away from you. So you can never even enjoy that thing because you're scared that it's going to be removed from you in an instant because you don't deserve it. You're scared like imposter syndrome becomes your life because you're scared that somebody is going to see you and realize that you don't belong here or they're going to find out something that you did in the past and take everything away from you. It's like a fugitive on the run constantly you're waiting for the ball to drop. That is not peace. Long suffering is one that I feel that a lot of people sometimes are like long suffering. Like that sounds horrible, but it's patience and patient endurance, right? Like there are times in our lives where things are not going to go our way, where things are going to be tough and having the spirit to be able to endure what is necessary, but then also having the wisdom to understand what is necessary endurance for a season and what is literally something that you need to get out of is is a real interesting caveat of that right because patience is patience is interesting because it's important to have patience but then also important to understand when patience is becoming idleness <laughs> or patience is becoming inaction or patience is becoming laziness or or you're being patient for a situation that is not gonna that is not deserving of that patience right and then kindness right like when we operate from a place of kindness and goodness which are the next two let's say kindness goodness gentleness let's just couple those three together when situations happen to us, the way we treat others and like kindness, goodness, and gentleness are things that we give to others, but things that we give to ourselves too, right? Like when I'm, when I feel guilt over a situation, I operate from kindness. I'm kind. I realize that I don't, I wasn't kind to someone, right? And then I want my goodness to be put on them and I use gentleness in dealing with myself, right? And then faithfulness is just understanding God and and understanding that some things are out of your control, but having that peace or that calmness that comes along with being faithful, trusting that good is still on its way, trusting that better still remains, trusting that things are going to get better, and then having that calm from that place. And the final one is self-control, right? And with with whatever is in our driver's seat, I think self-control needs to be sitting on the lap of whatever it is, right? Like we do not want our emotions to become strongholds in our lives we don't we don't want our emotions to drive us you know because emotions are very fickle and they change a lot and they're not they don't have deep roots because I could be scared a moment from now and I could be calm a moment later I could be upset with somebody and then I can get a call from someone and start smiling so when we let those things drive us they will drive us up and down it will be the craziest emotional roller coaster because they are not rooted they're rooted in in the times and the times are constantly changing right so they aren't rooted in anything deep so when we let self-control really take take the driver's seat along with 
all the rest of the the um the other eight fruits of the spirit it really puts us in a situation where we're able to discern right like we see those yellow lights as yellow lights we do not see them automatically as green lights we do not see them as red lights we are able to really come to conclusions because there are a lot of times where even excitement like we get so excited over something like something new, something flashy, something fun to the point where we overexert ourselves into it. And a few, a few days, a few months later, when things normal out, we realize that we kind of did the most <laughs> and that we, we weren't operating in our self-control. We just allowed that thing to, to take the reins and really drive us around. Right. So those are the three tips. I'm just going to give you guys a quick re recap of them. Again, number one is find the root of the emotion. Number two is figure out what method you can use to overcome it. And number three is work on putting another spirit in the driver's seat. So I hope that really helps you guys because for me, um, it was a few weeks ago that I really just came to the epiphany that, um, we're, um, like emotions and spirits are two different things. And like, I had to really look at my life and say, where are you operating in the spirit of fear? Like, where are you operating in the spirit of guilt? Where are you operating in the spirit of, of shame and how can that be affecting your lives? And I had this discussion with a few people and it was really helpful and insightful to them. So I thought that I would share it with you guys. And with that being said, I'm going to go right into the words to live by for this week, which is positivity is a muscle. That's what, <laughs> I think that's what this really comes down to, right? Our emotions, our muscles, our, like what drives us and what character we put in the forefront is actually something that can be controlled and something that can be built, right? Like you'll see some people who are, who have more positive dispositions. I'm sure hearing me speak for 80 episodes now, you probably know that that's me, right? But this has not always been how I've been. I made a conscious effort that this is how I want to be. And I had to train myself and build it. Like every time I was in a situation where negativity wanted to overtake it, I had to now consciously replace that with positive and more beneficial things until it got to the point where that muscle was so strong in me that it became second nature. And this is just to let you guys know that whatever it is you don't want in your life and whatever it is are your default settings. Default settings are what they are, right? And, but there is something called upgrades, right? <laughs> Even with your computers, when you get a computer and you open it up and you start it up for the first time, there is a way that everything is set. That's the way whomever the manufacturer of that computer is, has decided is best for them right? And whatever life experiences we have, have created our default settings, right? But if you decide that you want more or you want different, you have that power in you to, to readjust, to move those icons around, to throw some things in the trash and empty the trash. And if, and if it says, are you sure to try and warn you one more time, you can click yes, right? So I want you guys this week to really just take time to look at places in your life where you're operating in whatever default settings or operating in whatever you've been comfortable with, but you, you don't necessarily like, and just take some time this week to really just practice building the muscle of whatever it is you want and see how that works for you. Because trust me, when you get to the other side and you see what's available to you, when you just say yes, when you're so, when you, when you, Absol um, absorb those fruits of the spirit as the foundations of your life, you'll be so 
amazed by what can happen when you make that mindset shift. So thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.